What is up, people? It is I, Denise, not like the beach, and this is the latest blather. I'm still working on the intro. I don't know, but anyways, this is my first official episode. I'm super excited about it. It's literally 1 a.m., so that's how you know I'm excited because I am just going to record it now. Fuck it. Um, so I think that it's only right for my first episode to be about relationships because I literally just ended one. Um, so it seems quite relevant to my life. Um, it's not about breakups. It's about standards and relationships as a whole. Um, so just a little backstory about me. The relationship that I left was, I was in for nine years. So I was in that for quite some time um I feel like it usually when people choose bad relationships it usually does go back to your childhood for me my father was actually in prison (laughs) that's also a story for another day um but my father was in prison for my majority of my life um and I know this to my mom but she didn't make the most healthy choices when it came to her partners So I witnessed abuse and unhealthy attachment styles from a pretty young age. So I've only really been in two relationships. One of them was for five years and one of them was for nine. Um, I think for me, um, unhealthy attachment style in the form of just giving too many chances, not trusting my instincts, not listening to my gut, and not standing on my shit. You know, like when someone's not treating you right, you need to leave. And for most women who stay too long, there's many times that they thought they should leave before they actually do. So I'm nowhere near ready to date. Like, I feel like I've, we broke up a while ago, but we were still living together. So it was kind of confusing. We slept together a couple of times, but um, we officially broke up, I feel, on December 1st when I left the apartment that we shared. So I forgot, I lost my train of thought. I guess this is why you take notes. I'm literally just saying this off the cuff. Is that how you say that? I'm saying this off the cuff, whatever. Um, No, I'm just legit just saying it. Um, No notes, just speaking from the heart. Note to self, future Venice, make notes when you are recording podcasts. So basically, I I ended that relationship after nine years, but should have probably left it way before. Um, I sensed a pattern in myself that the two long-term relationships I was in were both abusive in their own way. So my first one, first relationship, he was physically abusive as well as cheated on me a bazillion, quadrillion times. And I just continued to forgive him. Why? I don't know. Second relationship was more psychological. He didn't necessarily put his hands on me, but he was very verbally abusive. Um, I'm basically giving you guys all of my business, but I think that's what people do on podcasts or so whatever. And if he somehow comes across this, I really don't care. Um, but yes, he was very verbally abusive. He would gaslight me, um, manipulate me, try to convince me um, that my value was less than it actually is. So I guess I started with childhood because if you witness abuse, and you see abuse and you don't have any other example of love it actually kind of makes perfect sense that that's the love that you would end up with so one thing I noticed about myself and a lot of women 
is um and my first sign that I thought of love as different as unhealthy attachment styles codependent that's not normal love I came across a TikTok before where she was talking about how it's actually not normal for you to meet a guy one day and the next day he's like sending you 17,000 text messages and blowing up your phone and literally requiring your time and for you to answer so I am guilty of being the person like yes he likes me he loves me he wants me no that is a sign that this man is possessive that is a sign of some type of weird uh psychosis a man that you just met yesterday should not you should not wake up to 15 text messages and seven phone calls I used to think that this was love I used to think that this man was trying to prove that he was the one Normal men grow to love you. They just don't go there from meeting you day one. It's not normal to put all of your love on the line. It's like, even, it sounds crazy to bring it up, but even in Frozen, like her sister was trying to tell her, Elsa was trying to tell her, girl, you just met this man yesterday. He was ready to pour it all on the line, get married, all the things. And Elsa was right, you know, because he ended up being an ass. So they put on the face, they do the thing. Usually there's something inside of them that either needs a lot of work or it's it's usually possessive in my experience. The two men that I've dated were both kind of like that. I wouldn't say the second was immediately like that but once we officially went on our first date it kind of felt like everything went very quickly after that and the next thing I knew I had a boyfriend in a week so um yeah but anyways so I want to go back since that was my most recent relationship and talk about red flags so I made a system okay you might need notes I'm not going to be dating for quite some time quite like probably a year maybe two I'm not interested I need I have a lot of healing to do but I'm also a planner so when I do date I want to make sure that I don't make the wrong choices and partner again so I made up a system for myself I don't think that there are just red flags okay so I think there are yellow flags Yellow flag being like, this is something I don't necessarily prefer, not necessarily a deal breaker. It might just be part of their personality. Maybe it's something we can grow through or I can come to accept about this person, right? Orange flag is when you give someone the side eye, like, hmm, sir, that was a weird thing that you just said or did that's making me wonder if there's a bigger issue at play. Red flag is like, never talk to him again, block, don't call me, like, not necessarily safe, but even if he is safe, he's definitely not the partner that you want, right, but now, go backwards, so remember how I said the yellow flags, so three yellow flags in the same category, right, so say, let me give you an example, say you notice, like, something that gave you the slight suspicion that this man might be impatient, So I bring up patience because I don't know about y'all, but I'm super spiritual and I went my whole life asking myself what love really was and having a weird, um, I'm sorry, I hope you can't hear my daughter snoring. I'm literally sharing the bed with her. Girl, chill out. Anyways, so 
I don't know about y'all, but I thought of love like movies, like, you know, like it's this fantasy, but really love is not like that at all. And then once I realized it wasn't like that at all, I was slightly heartbroken by that realization. But then I sat and asked myself, actually for a long time, what love actually really is. And it's crazy because it literally was in the Bible. And I've heard the scripture many times, but I just never actually applied it to my life. So we're just going to read it together. Hold on. Let me Google it so I can just read like word for word. First Corinthians 13, 4 through 8. Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, and always perseveres. Love never fails, but where there are prophecies, they will cease. Where there are tongues, they will be stilled. Where there is knowledge, it will pass away. Okay? So I read that from a more mature, like, place later in life, right? And I think it's important to dissect that in, whether you believe in God or not, you know, like, that's just a really good description on what love should be. And it kind of also opens up your eyes on what you probably could work on within yourself because if you're not loving the correct way then you're not going to find love in the correct way either right so i gave patience as an example because in my last relationship i learned that patience is really really important to me and i didn't know that it wasn't that it was so important until i experienced a lack of it so now back to the flags right so you get so you notice a slight impatience like say you're going on your first date with a guy and he's like texting you're like not quite ready yet and he can't wait five minutes he's texting you like hurry up when are you gonna come out here and you're like I don't really like the way that that felt you know that I don't like being slightly rushed because this is this isn't this is theoretical for you but this actually happened for me right so I was like, and I don't know, arguably that could be an orange flag now. But like at the time I didn't even, I was just knew it was something I didn't agree with. I kind of just was looking for someone who wouldn't cheat on me and wouldn't punch on me. I should have had way more Saturn standards than that. But anyways, I verbalized, um, I don't like being rushed. So can you not do that again? Right? Okay. That was a yellow flag. That was the first yellow flag. Then in the same category, being patience, Another date, I say, hey, can I toss this in the trash real quick? He says, hurry up. I'm like, oh, did you, are you frustrated? <laughs> like, sir, why'd you have to say it in that tone? Um, so, yeah, that kind of is in the same category. So you should be gathering at that point that this person is impatient. And if you're sitting with that, then you should say, okay, wait, like if he's impatient and I just met him, like, is this something that's going to grow? The answer is usually yes. If he's being impatient slightly, not that's not even slightly, but is he be, if he's being impatient in the beginning of the relationship, he's going to be impatient in the middle. That's what I mean by categories. So if you have three signs that someone is giving you impatient, they're most likely impatient. If you have three signs that someone seems that they might be cheating they probably are unless you have really deep-seated trust issues because sometimes you can really make up delusions in your head but anyway 
So that's what I mean. One, three yellow flags kind of jumps to orange because it's like, okay, orange is like, bro, this is fundamentally who you are and fundamentally who you're going to be. So am I okay with this? Like, orange could quickly turn to red, bro. Like, and then two orange flags I feel are literally red. Like, say someone, you want to give someone the grace to grow. I guess that's what orange flags you really should be. It's something that you definitely don't like, but you feel that it's not worth cutting them off immediately. You feel that you should give them the grace to grow. Like, okay, like maybe if I have a communication, because communication is important in relationships. Maybe if I communicate to this person that I don't like that thing, like really deeply, I can give them the opportunity to change it on their own, bring attention to this, bring attention to it. But we do all have to remember that we cannot change a person. They have to be willing to change and they have to want to change. So all you can do is bring it to their attention. And the reason I say two orange flags equals red is because if you bring it to their attention and you sit down with them and tell them like, if this continues, I'm literally not going to be able to continue this relationship. And that person turns around and does whatever that thing may be again. Um, quite frankly, that's a red flag and cut that motherfucker off, period. <laughs> like I'm just learning like the art of cutting a motherfucker off. Because for me, in my last relationship, there were yellow, orange flag, period, all of the flags were flagging. And I still was like, well, I'm going to give him a chance and maybe this and maybe that. And we, he laughs at my jokes and we get along. Girl, bye. Girl, bye. What are you looking for? Are you looking for someone to kick it with? Or are you looking for a future? Like, it just depends. Like, if you're looking to have a good time, then who gives a fuck? If you're just looking to just, like, do what you do, okay, that's different. But, like, if you're looking for an actual life partner you really it really does matter and for me i'm a lover i don't really date around for fun which is why i'm not dating because i just got out of a long ass relationship so i'm not trying to jump right back into one and i don't really date casually so i'm better off just chilling out and living my life but i'm talking about standards because i think it's something that i wasn't taught as a child so i kind of was left to flounder and figure out on my own which is probably why i spent many years in bad relationships like when I look back at what I dealt with in both of those relationships it just makes me quite like look at myself like do you not see your value do you not see how beautiful you are do you not see how smart you are do you and I see those things but I'm wasting my energy trying to convince someone to treat me better than they're treating me instead of treating myself better than I'm than I'm allowing myself to be treated you know like I could just walk the fuck away because I deserve better than this shit period like and for some of us it takes a long ass time especially for me when sex gets involved I immediately am not I'm gonna make excuses for you so I've learned for myself that I'm gonna have to wait a long time before I sleep with my next partner because I just once I give up my body I'm pretty much ready for the white picket fence and the house and the family and the kids and I'm gonna be with you for the rest of my life so like I need to be able to sit with those standards that I'm setting for myself before I could ever consider giving up my body. Now, that's to each their own. No judgment. Some people, I know people who are super sexually free, but for me, no. I'm super emotional when it comes to sex. Um, so I just don't even think it's good for me. But yeah, so when you break down, like, even if you're in this moment right now where you're like, is this person good for me? Should I continue this relationship? Usually if you're asking yourself that on a constant basis, it's probably that you shouldn't. I've noticed because 
people who I see in happy relationships don't sit and question whether or not they should stay in that relationship. They wake up every day knowing that they should. Why? Because that person treats them like they're valuable. I probably will say the complexities of how verbal abuse, mental abuse, financial abuse um, affected me for another episode entirely, because that's just going to send me on a long ass tangent. But right now we're just talking about standards and sticking to them. So when I emotionally left my relationship three years ago, I just was walking around like in a cloud, just kind of waiting for the courage to leave. Um, but in that time I was analyzing the relationship, like, wait, how the fuck did we get here? Cause what's nine minus set, three set we're year seven. Like how the fuck did I tolerate this shit for so long? Now this is just absolutely ridiculous. I gave up nine years of my life, seven at the time. And I'm trying, and I'm being told bad things about myself. I'm being told. So then that's when I found the scripture. And I read it and I said, love is patient. My partner's not patient. Love is kind. Mm, I don't really feel like verbal abuse is very fucking kind. Um, It does not envy. My partner used to, previous partner, ex, used to be extremely assholey when I was like doing a new endeavor. Like trying, literally would be putting me down, but then trying to convince me that he's my biggest supporter. So what the fuck, right? So it does not envy. Um, it's giving quite envious. It does not boast. Uh, I so I think that's like when they are putting you down. They envy what you do, and they're big up in themselves, and they're the greatest, and you're not. So that I experienced as well, right? This is what I'm going through in my relationship that I just left. I'm like, wait a minute. I just got told that I wasn't the prize. He was, and that, and I'm being put down with my business endeavors. When, so I hope, sorry for the sudden audio change. I hope it's not horrendous, but literally I lost over in half an hour of audio. I don't know how. So I'm going to have to finish this podcast again, but maybe it'll be less messy because I've already pre-recorded it. So I hope you can't hear things in the background. I'm in a small bathroom, still in a random hotel in Los Angeles, um, trying to like separate myself from my kids because I really want to finish this podcast. The enemy is trying to stop me from my freaking goals right now. So anyways, I think where it got cut off was I was dissecting the scripture in regards to my own relationship. So I think I was basically advising everyone, whether you're spiritual or not, to do the same, but regarding your relationship, and even your friendships, because friendships are also relationships. So for my relationship, I think I left off on envious um, because the partner that I was with previous, I noticed that he would put me down when I had a new business endeavor. And it was quite frankly odd to me because when we met, we talked about the fact that we both had entrepreneurial spirits. So I don't know what it was. I think it was like envy because I was not afraid of doing new things and he was I don't know what it was but he would be constantly putting me down whether it was something new or something that I was just still honing in on and um I was like wait and but oh yeah I think that's what I was saying is that he was trying to convince me that he was my biggest supporter I'm like do you not think that I see that 
and then um he was extremely quick to anger because uh he had the shortest fuse i think i've ever encountered in my entire life like i got yelled and cussed at because of missing a turn before so so yeah i literally got cursed out for missing a turn so when that's my point being whether or not you are spiritual or believe in god that scripture just literally has been guiding me in defining what love is because i literally went through line by line and dissected my relationship and dissected myself too so the part that it says doesn't keep a record of wrongs so i noticed in myself um that i can bring i can definitely uh be guilty of bringing up wrongs like i'm the type to if i decided to forgive you for cheating on me which i will never do again like that's a standard i have set for myself if you are unfaithful to me even once the relationship is over but in the past i've forgiven um and i learned that not only does it destroy the trust but for me i definitely will bring that up for the next 10 to 15 years like i'm going to be constantly not constantly but every so often bringing that up so i think accountability is something that everyone needs to take in when it comes to their life and if you're not looking at how you love then un unfortunately you probably shouldn't be in love because you if you're not breaking down the love languages if you're not breaking down how you show love and what you deem as love you have a lot of work to do and for me i was getting into these long relationships and um, adding new friendships to my life because if love isn't just for the opposite sex or whatever same sex whatever your uh, sexuality is it's not just for a sexual relationship or a life partner. It's also for your friendships because do you want just the same way? I don't want an unpatient, selfish, envious, um, angry, um, boyfriend. I don't want that in a friend either. I want my friend to celebrate with me. I want my friend to show me love, to show up for me, to not, to be forgiving and loving and kind. So I've noticed even with myself and friendships, there was times that, um i was tolerating a type of love that wasn't fair to me if you walk away one thing i just want everyone to take from this episode is whatever is bad in a friendship or um a relationship if you brought in it to the person's attention and it didn't stop not only is it never going to change it's going to get worse so if a per if you leave um say you're kicking it with a homegirl and you leave your every, times that you spend with that friend feeling bad about yourself. I'm not talking about one day where they said something you didn't like and you guys had a disagreement and talked about it. I'm talking about you constantly feel the same way in the same category from this same friend. Like if you feel like you need to be a different version of yourself or you're finding yourself going back to old ways where you constantly are looking for that person to validate you, you're constantly being put down, they never show up for you. Like stand on your instincts. There's been times in friendships where I didn't allow myself to feel the hurt that I naturally felt I'm like made excuses for the friend like oh no it's probably just me maybe I'm being too sensitive no stand on your standards if you want a friend that doesn't fucking flake on you and shows up for you if you want a friend that you can come to and it's a safe space and your business isn't spread if you want a friend that you can trust around your partner and know for a fact they would absolutely never if you want a friend that um doesn't judge you you can be your weirdest you then fuck the friend that they're not and not make excuses for them I don't care who it is and that's what I've came to with my standards because standards are bigger than just red flags, yellow flags, orange flags, green flags, green flags being continued. This person is showing signs of a great friend or partner. 
it's bigger than that. It's also what you want for yourself. It's also your boundaries. Because for me lately, I've also set a standard for myself that if you're constantly going to disregard the boundaries that I set, I'm going to take it as a form of disrespect and I'm going to end the friendship or relationship or place you in a different category of my life where you are just someone that I know you're no longer in the inner circle, inner workings of my life. Um, I'm going to do a whole separate episode about friendships as a whole, but just as in regards to relationship, being friendship or a life partner, you have to sit down and ask yourself what you're willing to tolerate. And I do think the love languages are important because even though everyone has, I feel like everyone has a piece of every love language in them. It just de depends on like the order that you put them in. I think most people agree with that because I've heard other people say that as well. Like for me, acts of service is my number one. Um, and if you have a partner who like doesn't even consider, because usually how people receive love is how they show it. So if you have a partner that doesn't even think about acts of service highly on their love language list, they're probably not going to show you the same. But I've even seen, though, that's not always true because I've seen some people, because they love you, they're going to love you the way that you want to be loved. So love is a super complex. You have to find someone who's not only at a place in their own emotional growth and like healing journey. If a person can't see themselves, I'm just no longer interested in pursuing that. And that's now something I look for as a standard. For me, I overanalyze myself more than anyone else. Like I'm my toughest critic. <laughs> like one thing about me is I'm always going to low-key, not necessarily put myself down, but sometimes people have to remind me to not be mean to myself. But not only am I, like, maybe it seems like I'm being mean to myself, but really I'm just focusing on being my best self. So how fucked up is it if you're with a person who's constantly putting you down, doesn't, it's just spending their time with you, projecting their own shortcomings onto you. And as you're blooming and becoming your most beautiful and loving and confident you, they hate you for it because they're not seeing that in themselves. That's what it really boils down to. So I'm not really going to get into narcissism right now just because I feel like that could also be its own episode. I could talk about fucking narcissists for an hour because quite frankly, I was raised by one and I was in a long ass relationship with one. So I'm not going to get into that. That's probably going to take me an hour and a, half, <laughs> and a half. But my point being is sit with yourself and that scripture, if not, I mean, and that scripture, in my opinion, because if you dissect something and your partner has knows on all of those things you most likely should end that fucking relationship like period you just really fucking should and i hope this podcast finds someone who needs this information and applies it to their life and if not hey send it to someone that you think it might help because for me sitting with those bullets and asking myself made my partner slowly but surely become so ugly inside to me when you sit and you say Love is patient. My partner is literally the most important, impatient person I've met. Love is kind. Uh, he's a fucking dick. It does not envy. He's always envious. It does not boast. All he does is talk highly of himself and then put me down in the same vein. Um, it's not quick to anger. This dude cusses me out on a regular basis. It's, it, it makes you actually ask yourself, honey, what is wrong with you? Who hurt you? Why are you okay sitting in this? Why? Like, at least for me, I'm like, and I was in that for nine years. Like some people do that for six months or a year or two years even. I was in the relationship for nine years. When I tell you, I shared everything I ever required 
with this man. <laughs> like everything I acquired, I shared and was told that I don't do shit for them. Like, I'm just so confused on why on earth I was there that long. And I carry myself as a super confident, business-oriented woman. I'm super spiritual. In my opinion, I'm a great mom. I sit with whether or not, and my kids are seven and 11, by the way. My daughter's seven, my son's 11. Um, I sit with how to be the best version of a mom. I'm willing to make changes. So for me, I'm like, the people in my life are like, I just, I even have a really close friend who was like, I just never would have thought that you would go, would put yourself through this because most people in my life look at me as super strong and willing and able to take on the world. But just because you're super strong and able to take on the world doesn't mean that we love um, and relationships are gonna, like doesn't mean you have standards for that. I wouldn't, I don't, I resent being looked at like I'm a weaker version of myself just because I was in a bad relationship. Showing love doesn't make you weak. Standing on your own shit, I guess maybe it does. You know, maybe I resent it because partially it was true. Maybe I resent it because you do have to have a lot of strength to stand on your shit and be like, fuck this, I'm out. But I don't know. I think I just kind of went on a tangent there because someone told me that I was weak or something and I just really didn't fucking appreciate that. Um, But yeah, anywho, standards. So... In that, with that being said, I feel like it does go back to childhood. So I'm a mom, as I just mentioned. I already see, literally, already see that because I have conversations with my kids about the standards that they should set for themselves now, they already are doing it with their friendships. Like they're too young to have boyfriends and girlfriends. But like my son is 11 and he had a friend that made him that he come was coming to me telling me that this friend wasn't making him feel very good about himself. Um, and he endured it for a little bit, but came to me for advice. And I told him like, bro, if this friend isn't making you feel good about yourself, then maybe you shouldn't be friends. Do you know my son had the confidence to walk up to another kid at his school, I think he was about 10 at the time, and say, um, I actually don't like the way that you make me feel, so I don't want to be your friend anymore. And just cut the person off, never look back. I did not have that confidence at his age. I would have tolerated it. I would have endured it. I would have just bottled it in. I would have been out there trying to get that person to treat me right instead of, you can't get someone to treat you right. That's what, like, I just don't understand how I didn't know. You have to, they're going to treat you how they're going to treat you. You have to love you enough to be like, I'm not going to have this. A relationship and friendship is optional. Whether, even if it's with your own blood, bro. Like, no one, you're not forced to have anyone in your life. You're just not. And I used to feel guilty or a sense of responsibility to tolerate shit. And it does stimulate from, I know where it comes from in my childhood. I just don't really want to get into it in this episode. Maybe in like 25 episodes when I feel more confident and comfortable opening up every fucking layer of myself. But I just say that about standards because I feel like what can really be done is taking accountability for how you treat yourself now as well as if you are a mom or plan on being a mom or a dad oh and dude like i don't want this this um this episode may seem like it's geared towards women it kind of is because i'm a woman i'm speaking from the female lens but i am perfectly aware that there are women that also need to be cut the fuck off i am perfectly aware that there there are men who also endure a bad relationship with women i'm definitely aware of that so don't think that i don't see that um but anyways 
I think what we can all do in the next generation is teach them, like sit down. I, no one ever sat with me and said to me, this is what you shouldn't tolerate and this is what you should. If someone makes you feel this way, then you should probably not talk to them. When you're getting, when you're like, when I first started dating, I was more judged that I was dating instead of talk to about what I should be doing when I'm dating, what I should be tolerating when I'm dating. So with my kids, I start implementing that shit now. I'm so sorry. I got cut off again. Clearly I'm going to need a new system for this podcast because using my phone is just becoming a headache. I've just began and I keep getting cut off. But anyway, I think I was at teaching your kids standards and telling them to stand on their shit if it if it's needed to cut people out of your life. Because also when it comes to your business endeavors and your goals, you have to sit with a friendship and a partner. Like where I see myself in the next however long, will this person align with me? So my biggest goal right now is to buy a house. I have kids. I would like a house um, for them while they're still young enough to enjoy it. And also to leave them something behind um, whenever I'm old and gray and pass away, right? So... I started to look at if God handed me that beautiful house, when God hands me that beautiful house with the perfect backyard and the big, beautiful window where I can look out and watch my kids play in the backyard um, and beautiful kitchen where I will be cooking meals and entertaining family. Do I want to fill these walls with this toxicity from this relationship? Do I want to be in this home and battle to enjoy it because of the partner that I'm with? The answer for me was a firm no. So it's like, you it's not only about just how you're treating, you no longer align and never really did align with what I want for myself. So toxic people, and I'm not saying that every person you need to cut out of your life is toxic. I'm just talking about my person that I cut off was extremely toxic. Toxic people have a tendency to leech on and latch on to people and try to convince them that they're they're not doing that, but that's what they're doing. And they're holding on to your coattail and trying to convince you that you don't fucking matter and your value is less than it is. But meanwhile, they are holding on to you for dear life and possessing you because they <laughs> need you, but they try to convince you that they don't need shit from no one. Um, 97% of the time, toxic people are looking for somebody to leech on to. Toxicity is not natural. It, it becomes, it's kind of like a survival tactic or like a, <sighs> people get so uncomfortable with the amount of growth they have to have to, that they have to do in their life. And growth is extremely uncomfortable. And the older you get, the more afraid you are to look at that. So they just don't, they just imagine themselves as perfect. They don't want to hear anything else. And then they just ride someone else's fucking coattail. But what I've noticed is toxic people can't come with you. Like you just won't get what you're supposed to get. People call it energy or whatever the fuck, the stars, but really it's God. I don't think God, well, for me, it's God. I'm not going to speak on what you guys was right for you and what's wrong for you. But I just don't think that God will hand you all of your dreams when you have this toxic ass fucking person because it's not about you. It's about the person that you have with you. Like they don't get that blessing bestowed upon them. So you won't get the blessing that should be bestowed about upon you because you still have them attached to you. Um, at least for me, I can already see that my life is better. I've only been gone for a month on the first and everything in my life is already shifting. 
I'm less tired because I think it's extremely draining physically to be with a part a person that's mean and verbally abusive and pulls on you and to constantly remind yourself that the person they're trying to convince you that you are is not who you actually are. So I'm more energized. Um, <laughs> it's so crazy to me because I'm back to my natural version of myself. I'm super happy, go lucky naturally. I'm super positive naturally. Um, I'm only, I'm the type of person, like I might vent or complain for two seconds, but then five seconds later, I'm gonna be laughing and over it. So I'm not usually in that low place, but when you're in a relationship that pulls you there, you can find yourself constantly there. So it's crazy to me that I was just at Target one day, um, like maybe last week, just looking in the toy section because Christmas is coming up. And some random dude was like, you're happy, huh? And I said, yes, actually I am. And it was so funny to me that like, it was that visually noticeable how happier I am. And it happened to me twice. I was at the post office and um, someone was like, oh, you, your, uh, your smile is nice. You're, you're happy. And I was just like, that's crazy. And I've been catching myself just in a naturally smiley state, even when nothing is going on. I'm just in a great mood, you know, like I would always find myself having to relax my face because it would be in like a furrow. It's a furrow when you're like scowling, it would be like in a scowl. And I'll be like, and I would feel it. And I'll be like, wait a minute, relax your face. Like, why the fuck are you scowling? It's because I fucking hated my life. <laughs> and the situation that I was in, like it just, I was unhappy every ass fucking day. Like I would have to get into the complexities of the relationship and the and verbal abuse as a whole for you to fully f understand how fundamentally bad my life was. But I guess I say all that to say, like now that I'm free of it, it just makes me like, if I would have stood on my standards, I would have been happier earlier. I would have been happier longer. I wouldn't have been so down. Like it was affecting how I do business. I wasn't having energy to do my entrepreneurial things. Like I'm, I have my real estate license. I'm a fashion designer. And I love, I'm the type of person, I love to be doing something at all times. Like I'm a, a fast paced person. I was finding myself not motivated to pursue real estate, not motivated to sew when I'm a creative being at heart, not motivated to post YouTube channel on my YouTube channel or TikToks or promote my business or even be around people sometimes. Like I would find myself being a recluse and like ignoring calls and text messages because I'm just not in the fucking mood to talk. Like I just can't just leave me the fuck alone. I was shorter fused when it came to my kids when I'm super like my kids are used to a happier version of me. I'm like the mom that's like, let's make muffins. Like literally like let's make brownies. Like let's have paint nights. So some, it's not that I would never be that way. It's just sometimes my kids would have to pull me out of it. Like mommy, we want to spend time with you. And it makes me so sad that I would be in those moments and I didn't see that I was, I'm not a naturally, by the grace of God, I'm not a naturally depressed person, but my relationship was making me go there. So it's just crazy to me that a, the wrong person in your life could really fundamentally pull you so far from who you actually the fuck are that you forget. That's why people say I had to remind myself who the fuck I was because when you're being told that you're fucking ugly um, you don't do shit. Uh, you're selfish when you're fucking not. Everything that you bring to the table is irrelevant when they're literally sitting at the fucking table that you provide. Um, yeah, that shit can take a fucking toll on you. So I basically digress. I digress because I could talk about this for a bazillion, quadrillion years, but just sit with yourselves, whoever you are, 
people and <laughs> ask yourself if the people in your life belong there. Like sit and break it down, make those bullets and start cutting and weeding people the fuck out of your life. Not everybody. You can give some people the grace to grow. You can communicate with them and talk to them. But like, if you're communicating and it's no change happening, it's just going to get worse. If someone's making you feel sad, most of the time, they're going to make you feel sad all the time. If someone's making you feel less confident, sometimes you're going to start lacking confidence as a whole. Like there's just no point in wasting hours and days and months and years of our lives with fucked up people in it. And I think that's just where I'm going to end it. Cause this is the third time I've recorded this. <laughs> so I'm hoping that everything that I wanted to get in, got in. Um, but I think you're supposed to end these podcasts with please leave a review and subscribe. We're currently on Spotify and Apple podcasts. Um, and Google Podcasts. I'm working on Amazon Podcasts. I'm not fully loaded up on there yet, but follow us on Instagram. I have a Insta. I just made an Instagram for this podcast. It's at Latest Blather. L A T E S T B L A T H E R. Go follow us over there. Show us some love and support. Um, and I think I already asked you guys to leave a review and let me know your opinion. Should I have an intro and outro song or should I just leave it like open space? I've seen both done. Do you guys want like some music, some ambiance, some background sounds? Um, let, let me know that in the review and enjoy the rest of your day. Whatever day it is that you're listening to this podcast, whatever time it is you're listening to this podcast, um, stay prayed up and yeah, I'll talk to you guys in my next episode. Peace.